Give me liberty or give me death Give it all till there's nothing left No matter what the consequence Stand tall with confidence We fall, we get up Go hard, never let up Even if I'm fed up Poverty stricken, disease inflicted, infected demons with tainted semen. They died for freedom and we begrieved them. Adapted a dream we didn't believe in. Took to the streets, march repeating. We shall overcome the ones that lead them. Soon disappeared, died in vain. These shorties I hear don't remember their names. Went to the capital for justice. Welcome to a guest in the house podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mickey Hess. And I am your other co-host, David Tromdig Shanks. Today we have a um, special, special edition of um, a guest in the house as uh, listeners and reoccurring listeners to the podcast know we're not big on guests. We've had a couple, but you know, it's not like a guest heavy podcast or an interview heavy podcast, but we have the um, special privilege of um, interviewing a, a, a someone who's very close to one of the uh, kind of benchmark um, happenings in the past year and maybe in the past decade or two. So we have uh, Mr. Selwyn Jones, the uh, uncle of George Floyd, with us. Um, He's been gracious enough to, uh, you know, sit down with us and uh, do this episode with us. So um, Uncle Selwyn, as uh, we've already established that I'm going to call him, (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to a Gets in the House podcast. Hey man. Welcome. Hey man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I I, I definitely appreciate Mickey Shanks and that crazy Anthony. Man. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and what I tell people is this isn't the biggest thing that's happened in the last couple uh decades. This is probably the biggest isolated incident that's ever happened in the whole world. Besides, we've had two things to stop the world. One of them happened to be COVID, and the other one just happened to coincide with COVID. Because without COVID, I can promise you, especially you know the deal, Shanks, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation because it would have been just oh, another no, day. The world black was guy. watching. It was the the perfect, uh, perfect or imperfect time for um yeah the world the world had stopped, and we all got to it see had to be. what this was. Now, uh. Uncle Selwyn, we're like I said, we're not like an interview podcast, so I don't think we're gonna hurl a bunch of questions at you. And you seem very prepared to have a conversation. We just have so a conversation. That's what, that's what we're gonna do. Get it? <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. I wanted to start um, here, though, Uncle Selwyn, because you know I've had tragedy strike my life. I'm sure Mickey has had tra- tragedy strike his life in some shape or form. We all go through adversity and we all face tragedy and we all respond in different ways. You have taken um, your tragedy and it's galvanized your activism and your advocacy. Can we start there? Can we start with um, what made you decide that you were going to make your voice heard and make your actions felt in lieu of the tragedy of your um, nephew's demise? Let me tell you a story. I moved from Rapid City, South Dakota, to a little town called Gettysburg, South Dakota. First of all, if you know anything about where I'm talking about, which you probably don't, that's crazy, okay? Because the only time I see a black dude is when I look in the mirror most mm. of the time. You right. know what I'm saying? 
and I wave it myself. So I'm isolated out here. So whenever I see incidents that happen around the country of police violence or black on white crime, I just get so mad because I grew up in a little old town called Goldsboro, North Carolina. Uh, poor, real poor. We pooped in a bucket, threw it out the back. When it got warm, you you take it and put it in a hole. No indoor plumbing, no amenities. We had 15 people in a three-room house, but guess what? We had more love than you will ever know. That's probably the happiest I've ever been because I didn't know mm. any better. And I got to look at my mama. Now, I'm taking you to 2020. I'm going to take you on March 26th, not March 25th, because March 26th is when I find out. Imagine Mickey Shanks sitting down doing the same thing you enjoy doing every day. I sold all of our stuff in Rapid City. We moved to Gettysburg, bought a motel. My wife's from here. Built a nice 7,000 square foot house because for all intents and purposes, y'all, that boy that used to sit on that porch in rural North Carolina where everybody was poor around him, where he didn't even have he didn't even have Kool-Aid a lot of time because you didn't have sugar. You ate fat back meat. You cut ham meat that y'all preserved. You cut the worms out of it. You boiled it. Then mm. you ate it. Uh, and I own a motel. <laughs> you know, I have I have pretty much sold so many vacuum cleaners, which is probably the hardest <laughs> job in the world. And I come ahead. I'm ahead, man. So all I'm doing, and I remodeled this motel because it was one of those things. If you buy it, let's see all how right. bad you want it. You're going to do all the work on it, and you're going to save yourself three, four $400,000. And I did that in a year. And I sat back in that happy place that I have been searching for my whole life of being free. Sit across the parking lot and watch people come in, fishermen, hunter, hunters, every day. So I'm good. I can sit right there and watch my five-year-old or my seven-year-old grow and be with them every day. And I wake up one morning to get them dressed. And I look at television, as I do every morning. I eat me a couple of croissants. And I'm seeing this black dude getting just scuffed up again. Last time it was mm -hmm. Amon Arbery. Then it was Bree Taylor. Uh, and I'm sitting, I'm thinking, oh, my God, won't somebody help this guy, man? They're going to kill him. Stop, man. Come on. The phone rang, Shank. It was my sister. She says, did you? I hung the phone <laughs> up. I sat back in that chair and I watched one of my favorite people go from begging, screaming, pleading, suffering. And at the exact time of 8.25 and 15 seconds, he dies. I see this. Now, I saw this at the same time that 600 other million people right. saw this. When you saw, when you first laid drive on that video, you knew he wasn't leaving. You knew the only way the black dude was going to leave in this movie is if he died. Mm -hmm. That There was no question to ask if he was going to get up and get in the car. 
because you knew he was he had to die. So, man, I saw that. I sat back and I saw that. And Saints, when I heard him, help me. Come in, I can't breathe. It was literally like I just pinned myself to my seat. I sat back and I thought of all these things. Sister, him as a baby, him playing, him picking me up, shaking me up. The last time I seen him, all these things come flashing before my eyes. Then all those other things come flashing before my eyes, Shanks and Mickey. Those, I, I stuttered when I was in school from the first to the fourth grade. They put me on the slow bus because back in the old days, if there was something going on and they could, they didn't know because technology or education, they just think, you know, you're just a retard. You know, that's what I was called. So, you know, man, I got my butt beat by everybody because I'm a black dude with freckles in early 70s. You know, so the black the black kids beat me up. The white kids beat me up. They piss in the toilet and put wow. my head in it. Because I was poor. Right. They didn't care. You know, I'm nothing. And uh, so I've seen all of that come before my eyes. And as of that moment, when I sat back and saw that, I came to a conclusion that your babies, Mickey's babies, my babies, Black Lives Matter because... My life matters. Your life matters, Shank. White lives matter because Anthony's life matters. Mickey's life matters. All lives matter because we're here on the same place for a short amount of time. Why in the world did somebody make a decision to have us the kick, I mean, the, the punching bag? Why did somebody make a decision that we would be that particular race? That was degraded, put down, oppressed, not given the same opportunities to flourish like everybody else. So with that being said, I have been going 199 miles an hour to spread justice and equality, my friend. Because let me tell you something. If you ever, I know everybody's had trials and tribulations, but if you ever sit back and see one of your favorite people, of all time that you've loved your whole life, no matter good or bad, bad or poor, that you loved your whole life unconditionally, lay there and get killed like a dog in the street by somebody because of the color of his skin or $19 and a hundred pennies, it flips a switch. It flips a switch, my brother. And I'm telling you, you can look on my Facebook and it's two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and people go like, "Dog, do you <laughs> ever sleep?" I don't sleep. I can't sleep because I'm always trying to figure out a way where I can be, who I can communicate with, so I can spread these words of peace and uh, peace and equality, man. Because let me tell you something, Jason. You know this. Being a black man growing up in in this world is hell. No matter where you are, how much money you got, eventually. Somebody's going to show you what they think of you and how they've been taught to feel it appears that way for sure. I just got a, <laughs> I got my wife uh, uh, a birthday present. She, uh, she that big body nice. Cadillac. And uh, I pulled up, uh, you know, at a parking lot the other day, Menards, Walmart or Menards. 
And uh, beside me was a 79 Chevette. And I look over, and the old girl reaches over. You know, didn't have automatic lock mm-hmm. back then, man. And she reaches over, and she locks <laughs> the door. <laughs> and I'm laughing. I'm laughing. And my wife's like, come on, man. Leave her alone, show. Leave her alone. And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't leaving this alone. <laughs> and I, hell, I waited 15, 20 minutes before she got out. And she got out. She's probably, I don't know, 65, 70 years old. And when she got out, I jumped right out. I go like, ma'am, hopefully I parked my vehicle far enough away from yours so it won't skin it up or anything. I'm sorry, ma'am. And she looked at me like, you better have. <laughs> wow. You know, so why does the poorest person, the poorest white person, think that they're better than any black person? And you know, that that kind of everyday moment you just described creates a culture, right? Yeah. Where we, we see it lead to these larger episodes of just violence and attack and murder. So, I mean, what you're describing is not something I think someone can brush off and just say, oh, maybe she didn't mean it. Maybe she was having a bad day, right? Which is the kind of excuse you hear people make for these kind of daily microaggressions. But you're describing like trauma upon trauma, right? You know, how how even the little ones. All day, man. All day, every day. Oh, buddy, you want to hear trauma? You want to hear trauma? Have you Googled me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you see yeah. the flag? <laughs> yeah. The That's, Confederate flag police yeah. logo. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I am, my brother. Let me tell Amazing. you. Amazing. I've been coming around here for 21, 22 years. We got a farm outside of town. My mom-in-law just turned 78 years old yesterday. She's been living here every day of her life. My wife is from here. Whitney Engineering School. We had a couple, we had some baby clothing stores, tutu stores, vacuum cleaner stores. And yes, y'all, you can call me crazy. I was married for 12 years. And at the bright, tender young age of 48 years old, the Lord blessed me with a little angel. Congrats, man. That's beautiful. Congrats, man. Just tell me I'm crazy, man. What's up with you? <laughs> That's I'm a blessing, get, man. That's and I'm going to get crazier now. <laughs> my 50th birthday present was a little young man called Jacoby Jones. Wow. wow. My wife waited for two weeks, two weeks to have a cesarean so she could have it on my mother's birthday. Wow. Mm. That's what kind of girl I got. Well, with that being said, honey, I don't want my babies to be raised in Rapid City where you got to lock your doors. I ain't locked my doors in three or four years, man. You know, you don't lock your cars or anything. And if it was good enough for my wife to grow up in, and it's been good enough for me to go hang around and laugh and joke for the last 18, 19, 20 years, let's do it. So, you know, we built us a nice house. Uh, and we come here. And... So it's like, okay, I'm going to stop selling vacuums. Let's get to the motel. And it was, if you buy it, now we're not paying anybody to work on it. So if we buy it, you're going to do the work. I'm free. I'm free, Mickey and Shanks. I seen that silver lining in that cloud that where I come from, there's no silver lining. Mm. It's all, it's all poverty, poverty. It's all suffering. You suffer from the day you're born to the day you die because there's no other way to get out of that place. You got to want to win. 
You know, winning don't come easy. You got to want to win. You got to prepare yourself to win. You got to make right choices and right decisions. And granted, I, I have not made all the right choices and right decisions. But, None of us have. You know, I made an, I made enough that this day and time, I'm just really okay. But we bury my nephew. I get in the car and young fella calls me and he says, hello, Mr. Jones. I was like, how are you doing, man? You know, man, I know this is not the best time to probably bring this to your attention, but do you realize that you have a Confederate flag on your police uniform? Man, you crazy as hell. Don't you? Don't, nah. Nah, you're crazy, man. He's like, man, I'm telling you. Well, obviously, if you live in a small town like this, mm-hmm. you know everybody's social security number, everybody's address, everybody's phone number. So I called the mayor. Hey, partner, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling okay, but I'm not. I'm uneasy about something. Said, what's that, Miles? They call me Miles here. Do we have a Confederate patch on our police uniform? Ah, oh, man, don't worry about that. No. Uh, that's only racist for those that want to be racist for. <laughs> this is what'd Gettysburg, South Dakota. Gettysburg, right? South Dakota. I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, yeah, man, the, the police chief before this would put it up there. I was like, dog, because I'm George Floyd's uncle in light of this situation, you don't want nobody wearing no Confederate patch and somebody stops them and somebody, they stop a car and somebody see that as hateful as people are now. Yeah. They'll see that Confederate patch coming through the window. That's that's a bad situation. Spook the shit you know out of man. me. Don't worry. You know what, man? It, it's really none of your business. Mm. The patch is not going anywhere. Okay, buddy. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's cool. Do what you do. So, all of a sudden, there was a busload of people coming down to this town. They deputized. The whole damn volunteer fire department. They closed all the stores down, all the businesses down, and all these folks are run, riding around town with guns looking for people to come and destroy the town because my nephew got murdered by somebody. Mm. Well, they had an emergency council meeting. And in that emergency council meeting, I think a young man that lives three or four doors down from me stands up and says, Hey, man. Now, keep in mind, these are people that I go to T-ball games with, that <laughs> I go to, that we play soccer with. Of and course. We see these people every day. You know, a damn T-ball game is like a barbecue because everybody's there. Right. You know, and these people, hey, Miles, how you doing? Good job, man. You're working hard. Ain't nobody working harder than you are right now, man. I'm shoveling snow off wood, Shanks. You know, black folks don't give a hoot about snow. Mm-mm. And I'm shoveling snow off wood so I can fix my motel. And in a matter of a second, that went from Selwyn Jones, you are one man, you're working your butt off for you and Joey, to you the biggest nigga that's ever lived. You're troublemaker now. Now you're making yep. trouble. You, you know how it goes. If you don't yeah. agree with the man, when yeah. they make the decision, it's all about power and control. You ain't nothing. So they put memes on the line that, I sell dope. Wait, you care more about a piece of cloth than you care about selling dope to kids. Mm. Uh, and my brother, let me tell you, a dude, uh, my next door neighbor stands up and says, I don't have a problem about taking the flag down, but why would we do that? Because a dead nigga's uncle lives in town. Mm. Wow. Let me tell you something, partner. 
Wow. I could sing. I could show you Texas, four five hundred of them, of white folks saying, if they did, if they didn't call me a nigga, or didn't say I was a drug dealer, or that, or they didn't say go back to Africa, they thumbs up it. <laughs> they thumbs up it. Now, bro, let me tell you something, man. I've been living my whole fifty-four years fighting tooth and nail to try to win a battle. And it's a damn shame that hatred is that deep-seated in people's hearts to, for a man to see his nephew and for the whole world to change the dynamics of everyday life because somebody murdered my nephew in the middle of the streets like an animal because of the color of his skin. Right. I would prefer... I would prefer to think of it as the color of his skin because I just believe that my nephew's life was worth more than twenty dollars. Right. Oh, you know what 100%. I'm saying. And they they treat me like I'm absolutely nothing. Go to Africa, you don't have a right uh, to make any decisions in this community. And you know, man, let me tell you. I've grown up my whole life having to negotiate for life. Shanks, you have too, my brother. Indeed. You have negotiated your whole life and how you do things because you, we've got to work around those people. I used to do home shows to get leads, Shanks and Mickey. Yeah. And when I sat there, Nobody stopped to talk to me. So I learned really quick. I've got to put a Caucasian person at that table. And when I put that Caucasian person at that table, I got a whole bucket full of leads. And what we would do is we would tell them that a Caucasian person, that person that sounded on the phone, they didn't even have to ask. Hi, how are you doing today? That person on that phone was supposed to show up. And I would always show up and say that, hey, man. Sarah had a sick baby today. Kevin's baby mm. sick, you know. Uh, but I was in a neighborhood. I thought I'd stop by to get your opinion on one of our cleaning products. Mm. And Boaz, I've got four, five months of seventy sales under my belt. I've got a good ten years of twenty-five sales every month under my belt, and I had to play that role. Yeah, and those those are the little subtle things that um, you know. Folks don't realize that we have to do uh, you, that story reminds me of like being in college and trying to um, rent apartments and I'd have uh-huh. to have like a friend with a less basier or African sounding accent call yep. to get folks to call back. Cause I'd call all day and none oh, of these no. Property Got management companies never call get me call. back wow. <laughs> until I'd get my boy Stevens and I'm like, Stevens, and call these folks. And he'd call and then they'd call back. How are y'all doing today, fellas? <laughs> are y'all doing fine? Thank you. You know, I'm feeling a lot better since I talked to you, to tell you the truth. Now, do you see that, Shanks and Mickey? Hi, how are you? I have played that and done that wow. yeah, for we all so have. many years. We all have. And I get to that house, man. And I would make remarks. Hey, you bitch, you didn't think you have a black dude cleaning your house in 2015, <laughs> did you? Mm. And when I, if I saw their teeth, 
Oh, I stuck a fork in your ass. <laughs> if I can make you laugh or make you smile, and that's one thing that, that me, Perry, and a lot of my cousins and family members know how to do because it's always a way to take the things off that racial divide. Yeah, because I can make you bit. laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make you laugh to take that to take that tension down. Yeah. And once I see your teeth, you're done. Stick a fork in your buddy and a nice and slice. Cause I'm getting that money out of that house. But guess what, man? We're gonna see if we can't help you out here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I take refuge and talking trash in a in a in a in a Caucasian guy's house. And he's got the big John Deere. He's got four or five big John Deers. You know, and they'll look at you. Because let me tell you, women don't have it no better than we do. Cause I've seen many, many, many farmers look at their wives and go, You don't need that. That's my money. Mm. Simple. Uh, a farmer, rancher, a man, white, white man, excuse me, Mickey, no disrespect, uh, can go out and buy five. I've seen $10,000 shotguns. And mm. when he walks in the house, it is, look at my gun. She walks in the house with a three or $400 purse. And she says, look at my purse, honey. And he says, how much did it cost? $300. We don't need a $300 purse. Take it back. Mm. It's all power and control. This is all fueled by power and control. Because and that Confederate flag is the perfect emblem for that, right? You yep. just described all these tactics and games that you had to engage Bam. in to show that, you know, even though you were a black business owner, it worked better for you sometimes to put a white face on the company. Yeah. Always and, work better to put a and white yet face these on guys the can walk around with the Confederate flag and say, "Oh, it's just a piece of cloth." It's a piece of cloth, my brother. We're celebrating you. our history. It's not. It's not racist. Uh, it's just celebrating yeah, our yeah, history. Yeah. You know, and I, <laughs> I am sure going to try like heck to uh, get something on legislation that if you're donning that Confederate flag, that's a hate crime because every time you see somebody showing that flag, they got no good. They got nothing good to say. They have absolutely nothing good to say. And you know, man, we had a clan rally here. They were going on, they were going online. Uh old dude named Red Ryder. Mm. You know, he's a lone out he's I'm the lone ranger. I'm a, I'm an outcast. And what I got is we gonna go down to Gettysburg, South Dakota on the twenty-fifth of June. And we gonna have us a Patriot Party because there's an old boy down there. That thinks he's running things. That's telling us folks what to do. Who gave him that power? And this is in response to the Confederate flag. Yeah, they had a rally. Yeah. They had a Klan rally, man. And we left because it was my sister's birthday. They had a lady park in my parking lot. No, she actually rented the room here. And when we left, they stuck a flag in her vehicle, on the back of her vehicle. It was like one of those flags that Oh, God, it's probably 10 feet long. <laughs> and they were going through my wife's and Miles. Something's going on. I was like, what's what's up? She's like, everybody, everybody's asking people if they've taken pictures of our motel. What are they taking pictures of? She hit the video camera. She had backed her car up in the middle of the parking lot. So every white person around could take pictures of it. And laugh about it on the internet. Wow. Well, wow. With your hotel in the background. With my hotel in the background. Wow. 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 You know, man. So, you know, 
I that's, that's intimidation, right? She's no, trying I, to I, I, no, I, no, no, no. Follow no, up no. from that, Uncle So, and I was going to say is, do you fear for your safety? I mean, uh, this I is some pretty tense stuff. And I won't go running at night. I used to go running at night. I uh, I won't go. I won't go running at night. I won't ride my wildcat at night. I won't do anything at night because uh, when people are this blatant, that put it in your face. Basically, what they're saying, I don't care about you, nigga. Go back to Africa. And I don't know why people tell me to do that. It's <laughs> damn hot over there. I'm not going over there with 136 degrees in the shade. And they'll call me, and they call us monkeys, Shank. But let me ask you a question, partner. Do you know what January 6th was? <laughs> right. Have you ever seen a black dude climb a five-story building without a rope or ladder? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, so we got a, a, a Zoom bomb. Niggas, your monkey. Your monkey. I'm like, hold on, partner. You ain't never seen a black dude to climb a five-story building without a damn <laughs> rope or ladder. So I'm calling you a white spider monkey, fella. Yeah. I mean the, the 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 funny thing about the go back to Africa thing is one, we were here first, <laughs> and two, we didn't necessarily volunteer to come here. So, uh, let so, me tell you, Shank. Very you know good points. The, you know who the toughest person. You know who the toughest people were in this whole thing. The people that met, that made it on the boat that had to stay in feces and blood and urine. Think about that. They had to travel weeks under under the bow of a boat. People dead beside you, all over you, feces, urine. And then when they get here, you get taken out. And you get chained and shackled and beat. The English doctor said in the early 1900s, that a black man could endure more pain. Right. They said that our brain was a little bit bigger than a monkey's. Therefore, you know, the NFL is still using that junk science. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Clearly. Don't don't go there. I used to play football for a living. I don't go here. <laughs> don't go there. Uh, and they said that we could only be subservient if the right measures were used to make us obedient. That means to put that whip on us. Tell me something, Mickey. Who came up with this idea that black folks should be kicked like dogs and put down? And, you know, 1941, they wanted a middle class. So the GI Bill came out. And the only people that got the GI Bill was the Caucasian sailors. But what they did for us, Shanks, they did us a favor now. They built subsidized housing. You know what that's called, Shanks? The PJs. <laughs> that, <you know. laughs> so, so I reckon what they were doing, let's put all of them in the same place, send them to a bad school. It's easy to teachers. control them that way. Sure. Power and control, my brother. Mm -hmm. You put them all in the same place, make them dumb, stupid. Then you put drugs in the damn neighborhood to destroy us from 1986 to 1996. And granted, nobody told you to take drugs. Nobody told you to smoke crack. But you know, Poor people seek refuge. Well, everywhere. That's not just black poor people. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they yeah. didn't put it in the white neighborhood. Well, what I'm and, yeah, exactly. And they didn't. And they didn't start. They didn't start getting bad 
on arresting black folks as long as they were selling the crack in the neighborhood is when the white folks started liking crack, when they said, oh, whoa, you can't mess with our race like that. That's meant for you. Do y'all remember Oliver North? Oh, yeah. Yes. Remember when they called Oliver North a damn liar and mm-hmm. he did not know what he's talking about and they were just, they destroyed his life? Guess what? Mm-hmm. Oliver North was telling the truth. <laughs> Think about this, Mickey. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Shanks, 1986 and 1996, they were they were sentencing people one to a hundred, one gram of rock, hundred grams of cocaine. Right. I'm not gonna tell you who made that law. Okay, y'all should know who made that law. In 2004 to the present, they don't they don't. Can you hear me, y'all? Oh you? yeah. They don't send they don't send them to jail. They send them to rehab. Mm. Why in the world? Why are why are other people's lives worth more than ours? Why do we get? Why is there two and a half million people in prison? But we are four percent of the world's population, but we incarcerate forty five percent of the incarcerated people, and out of that forty five percent of the crime that we hold, a million point two are black. Now, how can we be zero 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 point? Two of the population and commit 35% of the crime in the world. That's a good you know, question. That's a good question. And it, it, it sounds close. I guess you're answering my initial question because, you know, based on all of the knowledge that you shared in the first uh, few minutes, it seems like, you know, this this activism bug or at least this um, awareness bug has been with you the entire time. I have contemplated and thought about this shanks my whole life and right. every you got disrespected. And my mama told me something a long time ago. My mama had 17, she had 13 babies. I'm the baby of 17. My mama was poor her whole life, but you couldn't have told her that she was poor because of the heart and the love and the respect that she gave us. We used to go riding through the, the rich neighborhoods. We used to look at Christmas lights and stuff. And I always noticed my mama crying. I never knew what she was crying about, Shanks and Mickey, until about eight months ago. My mama wasn't crying because she was happy for these lights. My mama was crying because that was her way of showing us if we did the right thing. This is what we can have. Mm-hmm. And uh, brother, I've been waiting for this my whole life, Shanks, my whole life. And whenever this thing, whenever George died, I have not looked back. I Every day, all day, brother, you know, you uh, if you're up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, you get on Facebook, send me a friend request, and you'll see that light green. Because <laughs> I can't stop. Mm. I cannot, and boy, let me tell you, my agent, my manager, they're like, Selwyn, what are you doing? And I tell them, you know what, man? You obviously are on some other stuff. What I'm on is a communication path because it takes four things, y'all. Don't ever forget this. It's going to take four things and four things only are going to be the only way we can fix this. Communication conversation, education, and you know, nothing changes unless somebody gets pissed off. Because uh, looting, that's out. Uh, 
uh, uh, angry marches or hatred, that's out. That's what the world was built off of, is anger and hatred against us. Think about this. Rape, killed, murdered, cleaned their houses, raised the kids, made them rich. We did everything that we were told to do. And guess what? We still have to negotiate for our life, for our baby's life. You know, 55 years ago, I'll be 55 in, what, six days? I couldn't even go and sit in a restaurant. And mm-hmm. I went to war and and risked my life for somebody that didn't give a damn about me. Yeah. But I can't go eat yeah. in the same restaurant. I can't go and use the bathroom where you use the bathroom at because... My black butt was going to give you cooties because I sat there and you got to sit your white butt down there. I don't understand this all. Maybe I'm crazy as hell, which I have, I, I have been called before. But you sound like you make a lot of sense to me. How can people hate a certain race of people? And it's because this ain't a DNA, but it almost seems like it's DNA. You know, my baby goes to school. Jacoby Miles Jones, pretty little boy. And we got shirts for George Floyd made. And he goes to school and he says, this is my daddy's shirt that we made from my cousin George Floyd. Derek Chauvin hurt him in Minneapolis. And all police officers aren't bad. And my daddy's advocating for justice and equality so we can all just get along. Well, later on that afternoon, my wife gets the call and she's like, Selwyn, you need, we got to go to the school. Well, I don't associate, y'all, I literally sit in my parking lot and the only time I leave is when I go home or when I'm flying out of town. I got to drive 60 miles to get gas in my vehicle because the dude at the store said, you know what niggas do? They sneaky. So we call, uh, uh, they, my wife goes down there and the teacher says, Joey, don't worry about it. I got this. And 36 people were in there and they were literally going to pick on a little boy. They were literally asking for that little black boy to not to be able to come to school because he told his their kids that police officers are bad. <laughs> well, the teacher, I got to give her kudos. She recorded it, y'all. Mm. And she played it to him. And everybody's sitting with their mouth open. Oh, Joey had called me, and Joey's like, Miles, you need to come down here because, uh, you know, I'm well, scared. Joey's, Joey's my wife. basing that based off of what he heard at home. So he automatically said, hey, he's talking bad about the cops because that's what Joey was told in his house. Oh, and anyhow, Joey says, come down here. So I come down there, and I did not hear. I have not heard my condolences from nobody in town. <clears throat> and I and Joey didn't hear sorry. And I just easily said this, kids. Hey, listen, I don't give a damn if you read that like me or not. I ain't did nothing to you, but somebody murdered my nephew. But what I'm telling you is the three things don't lie in this world. Alcohol. Alcohol, babies, and anger. So what I'm telling you is this. If my babies come home 
and say that one of these young babies said something derogatory to them, I'm going to show up at your house and you're going to have to throw your damn hands up because babies can play all day by themselves and until they are tainted, they're fine. So, yeah. So, anyhow, we just, we just, we just know, man, that you leave the babies out of it. Y'all, y'all big ignorant country people that are, that think that it's your world, that's fine. You can have it. Because, you know, man, I don't mind being isolated. I really don't because I've seen this. And when you come from where I come from, you just know my wife to show another law. And I always, thanks, you know how we are when we go around people. We always got that guard up because we always know that they're capable. And let a little I'm a little white guy get a couple drinks in him. I've been in bars. Mm, I smell a coon in the bar. Wow. I go sit right beside him, Chanks. I'm now, like, damn, this one you smelling now smell good because this damn blueberry tiffany I got cost four hundred dollars a bottle. Now, Uncle So, and I want to ask this because I want to. I got I got so many questions. Go ahead. Uh, and I, I want to get to um, you know your nephew in his life specifically, mm-hmm. but. Before that, one would one would ask, why put yourself through that, Uncle So? <laughs> why stay in you know uh, Gettysburg, South Dakota, and be susceptible to the ignorance? And you know, I understand, you know, and I know the answer may be like, well, I'm not gonna let nobody run me out of my place. But at, like, you know, like, how do you? I guess resolve that like I'm staying I don't get thanks let me tell you something buddy when you grow up how I grew up with nothing and you got your piece of the pie I'm not gonna let nobody take or run me from my pie and thanks I'll be just totally honest with you man I'm tired I'm tired. I could sit here in my parking lot and because my favorite three people I get to see every day. I get to see smile, grow up, laugh. And my wife is boss. She'd be bossing me all the time. So, you know, I got to let her get a little bit in. And Shanks, I'm okay. I'm telling you, man, I sit in my parking lot and I look out across the street and my heart's been broken years ago. My heart is broken over Perry. So pretty much where I'm at is I'm just okay. I'm just okay. Uh, because I know that I got a bigger fight than this crap that I the crap that these people deal me with because they're all cowards, Shanks. Mm-hmm. You see them in uh the heart the dude at the hardware store, Kevin, he he calls me, he's like, Man, you know what? I want you to do me a favor. I was like, what's that? He's like, man, Miles, I like you. I've been doing you 15 plus years, man. You ain't never did nothing to me. But what I'm going to ask you, if you need something from the hardware store, if Joey can't come get it, just call me and I'll bring it by. Because wow. uh, mm. if people see you coming in the store, you know, they always ask me, why are you still letting that nigga come in the store? And you know, that's a, um, that, wow, that speaks to something that we talk about a lot on this um, podcast in terms of allyship 
and what being an ally is. And I always say it's the folks who, you know, may not subscribe to the ignorance, but who allow the ignorance. Yeah. That's just as much as a problem as the yep. ignorant ones. So and he's you have to adjust your behavior because he's yep. afraid to stand up to the ignorant people. Yep. And because me and him, I've got this knack of 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 being a a a, a person that you could talk to as y'all can attest to. Like y'all been talking to me for years. I have that knack. And I, you know, man, I can, I can stumble all around this. Shanks, am I mad? Am I hurt? Am I disappointed that I get to be 55 years old to have pretty much what I want and need? And I am still treated like a boy. Uh, but I'm, nobody treats me anyway because... <laughs> A dude, kept, a dude stayed at my motel the other day, and uh, he was telling me about his brother. You know, his brother, his brother. Oh man, my brother didn't know how to manage no damn money. His damn ranch, his ranch is getting taken away from him now. In the, it, down here where we are, if you don't pay your taxes, they put you, they put your ass on blast right in the front page of the paper. <laughs> and anyhow, guess what? The mother-in-law, the mother of this dude. Six months ago, you remember when the little black guy got killed in North Carolina? Yeah. Uh, the dude walks out, shoots him, and goes back to his house, and the police didn't have to look for him or anything. He knew where he was. Well, anyhow, these people said, well, that's worse than George Floyd. Well, mm. ma'am, I differ to say because we knew who killed my nephew, but it took the world being in an uproar to get there, get there till the rest of Listen here, nigger, you don't know what you're talking about. Tell drugs. Guess what? She need $21,000. Her brother-in-law stands here yesterday and says, man, they ain't got a damn thing. My brother drank all his mess up, and they owe $21,000 on the damn ranch. Or they gonna, the city going to take it. And I don't even want it. I was like, I will be damned, Shanks. Mickey. I put online yesterday. She was, I put online, hey. I probably could give you that $21,000 so you can keep your ranch and mouth the ass, old lady. She talked to me like a dog. Now she losing her ranch. She can't come up with twenty one grand for her ranch. And I'm the ignorant one now. I'm the ignorant one. Shanks and Mickey. I'm the ignorant one. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, Uncle Selwyn, and speaking of, you know, just that, perception i wanted to um because there what happens often when um a black man or black woman loses their life is the smear campaign it becomes all about the drugs in the system and this and that and that and that and that i want you to have the opportunity to speak to our audience i want you to talk about your sister um george floyd's mother first of all and your relationship with your sister and then tell us about George. My sister was named Larsenia Floyd. I think she was number six in the line of 17. And she kept a smile on her face, buddy. Bigger than the damn sun. Her and my mom. 
all of them was raised by this old country gal named Lauren Jones that literally didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. But she equipped us with more love, buddy, than you will ever, ever, ever know in your life. Because when you don't have nothing else, you got to have love. And my sister battled her whole life. Everybody wants to leave North Carolina and go up north. You want to go to Chicago? You want to go to New York? Well, a lot of times what happened is, and Shanks, you know about this, is you get a bunch of green, you know, green is a blade of grass girl to go up to New York and some knucklehead get them and, you know, and they just talk that fast talk to them and that thing you know. I've seen it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They talk that fast talk to them and that thing you know. You're in a situation and you got two or three babies and you got uh, somebody that don't give one damn about you. Mm. Well, bingo. So they moved to Fayetteville. Uh, That's where Perry was born. And man, any given day, we would have 13, 14 people at our house. Poor damn. We didn't even have window sashes for our windows. We had plastic. People could stick their hands in there. Uh, But yet, everybody wanted to come to Big Mama's house. Because you knew that they were going to be love and respect. And my sister was a wonderful soul, but she trusted the wrong person and he broke her heart. And she thought Houston was the way to go. Man, let me tell you something, partner. My sister suffered her whole damn life uh, government housing, uh, food stamps, welfare. The baby's taking medicine so they can get a check for her to survive. And one of her biggest problems is, is I have a niece. And she's not necessarily doing the right thing, either one of them. But one of them uh, decided that she would get it. She would get involved with the epidemic that started in the 80s. She ain't never stopped. She has she had nine babies that she had uh, brought home. She'd, she'd have them. She'd leave the hospital and go back to smoking crack. And my sister would go there and pick the babies up. Uh, so my sister was fighting her whole life. She fought to do the best she could. Well, that's what the problem was with Perry. Perry, just like me, laughing and joking. If you've seen that video in the store of him before all this stuff went down, mm-hmm. he's in there laughing, shaking, trying to kiss a girl. Yeah, that's Uncle Selwyn. That's Uncle Selwyn. <laughs> I have always been everybody's favorite uncle because I'm around all the kids' age. Right. Man, I used to lock them in the trunk of the car, tie them on the top of the car, <laughs> bury them up to their neck. You know, and leave them for, you know, an hour or two or three, four. Anyhow, we ain't talking about that stuff, man. But I've always been an uncle. And he, phenomenal athlete. Steven Jackson, him played the same high school team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my boy Nasty. Perry flowed three foot from the basket, son. Shit, you might well go and look the other way. Because he going to throw, he going to do something to you. Quick. He going to do something to you. And... All of that changed when you see your mama suffering and you know she was suffering with you. But then you see your sister keep doing the same thing. 
you know what you know the definition of insanity y'all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. continuously doing the same thing expecting a different result right well guess what she she's insane and being the oldest boy come on shanks you know what you yeah, do you come out of mama you had to get to it yeah, you know, <laughs> from the mama, you know. Yeah, so I'm gonna pass up. I'm gonna put all my hopes and dreams, and the one thing that gives me refuge in my mind, the one thing that makes me different, special. Now you know what the ghetto do. Ghetto eats you up. You be ghetto superstar, right? Uh, you can, yeah, you might be on the video with uh, Scarface and all the boys, but at the end of the day, they get to go home to their place, and you get to go home to yours, and. Just for a minute, you feel, hey, man, I know, you know, I'm something. And then you start yeah, reality. Back to the house yeah, come back to and reality. reality sets in. Damn. Well, I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to take care of my mama. I cussed him out. I talked to him like, it's a, like he was a dog. I said everything that I could say because... Some of the things that he's going through, I've been through. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Harry, you got to make a decision that's based on your life. And I know that that's the toughest thing in the world to pretty much have somebody tell you. You know what, man? She made her bed. You you let her lay in it and you can get her a bed. Because our life is about his decisions, kids. If you make the wrong one, it could last with you. It could last you forever. If you make the right one, it could last you forever. And it's the stupidest thing in the world that anybody ever thought of. I'm going to take care of my family by selling dope. Tell me anything that's more stupider than that. Well, I mean, in the, you know, at the time and in the position, you, those walls are closing in. You feel like there's no other way. Shanks. Unfortunately, we a lot of us make that decision. Reality is this. You know that all it takes is one hit, one pull, one sip, and the weak are ate up by that monster. That's a fact. And guess what, my brother? A lot of athletes are easily controlled mm. by things. And guess what, buddy? You drop out of school to help your mama. And it always starts good. But suppose you have a good lick. And, man, I'm good covered. Look at this pack I got. See, I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> guess what, brother? That uh, that demon lasted until May 25th at 825 and 16 seconds because he moved to Minneapolis to change his life. Right. Now, you think about this, Shanks and Mickey. I am 20 years from making a decision that changed my whole life and I have did nothing to help that cause. My original decision was to help my mama, hmm. give her, to help her 
better life. And I've been to prison for eight years. I, uh, I have, you can lie to anybody, shank, submit. The one person you can't lie to, you got to look in that mirror every day. True. And you figure 20 years pass, shanks, and uh, that eats at a man's heart and soul. Man, God knows, man. My whole life, I've ruined because of this stuff, and you can't stop. And what happens, Shanks and Mickey? (laughs) That person that you loved so much that you have disrespected and didn't do what you were supposed to do. Insult to injury. Shanks, guess what happens? She dies. And all you have is your life left now. All those things that you wanted to do, that you thought about doing, Mm. when you thought you were making the right decision, you did none of them. Then she dies. Right. I go to the funeral. We had to help pay for the funeral. Uh, He was 30 minutes late for the funeral. When I see him coming, do I got up and I went to the back of the church house. And obviously, you know, that wasn't a pleasant conversation. Once again, the person that you love more than anybody in your life that you say you love, that you say you love with all your heart and soul. I always know this, kids. You show people how you feel about them by how you treat them. I don't give a damn what else you say. You show people how you feel about them by how you treat them. And he ain't treat my sister the way she was supposed to be treated. And you think about that. And you move to Minneapolis and think you're trying to make that change and she dies. Now, oh my God, man. I let my mama down and I'll never see her again. And I broke her heart and I disappointed her and she she lived rough and hard. And that broke that broke his soul, spirit, heart. Wow. Hell it broke mine to even know about it. And I knew it. And I talked to him about it. I knew how he felt. Man, you know what, bro? Everybody made mistakes. Unfortunately, you got to live with this one, man. All you can do, man, is make it better. And she be looking down, smiling at you, man. You know? At least well, it wasn't you too, can, never too late. Never too late. At least you can make a change now. Right. And, bro, he was trying to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, man, demons on a heavy heart. And you meet the reason why he left Houston is because he knew that, hey, if I tell people that all the time, if, if he knew that there was love there, he'd have been in Houston. <laughs> now, when you break off and say, I'm going to go 1,500 miles away to see if I can rewrite this before the end of time mm. that's showing guts that's showing intestinal fortitude i've Absolutely. waited yeah. it took until my mama died right for me to do this but at least i'm going to do it do something for himself right yep and man this is what i used to tell people brother i could be anywhere in the world you could throw me in the middle of the jungle 
butt naked, and I could find whatever I wanted. All you got to do is look. And all I got to say is, I just wish you would have made better decisions in life. And here we lead up to May the 25th. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't the neighborhood that he should have been in. Obviously, he had a relationship with these people because everybody knew him. And this is what I want to thank y'all. I know this. I know that we remember the space shuttle blowing up in 1986. Challenger. Yeah, we're old enough. I saw it on TV. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I watched we remember, it. <laughs> we remember Desert Storm, don't we? Yeah. Uh-huh. We remember 2001, don't we? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We never, ever forget the day that George Floyd died. No, that's a fact. Because that changed the path of the world, brother. So, with that being said, this is the only way that I have to look at it, y'all. Mm-hmm. David Chauvin had to be there. First of all, he should have been fired 10 years ago. That's yeah, right up. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. So. Darnella Frazier, 17-year-old girl, a lot of courage. Yeah. Her cousin wanted a pop. So she had to be there. She had to walk her baby there. Mm-hmm. George Floyd, because George Floyd had a good heart and a good soul and really believed in the Lord. His path, his path uh, was ran. He did not achieve and do the things that the Lord expected him to do. And all he was doing which is making a shambles of his life, embarrassing himself, humiliating himself. He owed, he, you know, he owed a month before then. So that monkey, that demons are bad. So with that being said, the Lord said on May the 25th at 826, 8.25 and 16 seconds, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to use a good-hearted, good-souled person that unfortunately made some mistakes because of addiction, mental health. But you, I'm going to use you to change the whole world. Mm-hmm. And all the Quasars had to line up, and they lined up. And what we saw in the meantime was how a black man, woman, child, gets dominated by power and control because of the color of their skin or what kind of house you live in, the color of your hair. Now, keep in mind, y'all, racism, police brutality, only 1,700 people get killed a year by police brutality. So that's just a little bit. But it's the systemic racism that I have a problem with. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, right. do you know that in New Jersey, uh, the average Caucasian family's wealth is over two hundred seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars? Do you know what a black person's wealth is? I'm gonna guess it's less than a sixth of that. Six thousand dollars. Wow. Five hundred six thousand dollars. That's much more of a disparity than even yeah. the nationwide numbers, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, and how do we turn this around? Communication, yeah. conversation, education, and irritation. If you have a friend and they are throwing out hate, if they are your friend, 
they can take. Hey, man, don't do that. Yeah. You don't need to say that. Because that ain't how it is. That ain't how we feel. And do I think I have a chance? I've got, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight thousand letters of mature people, Shank. Now, Mickey, I'm going to exclude you from this conversation right now. Fair enough. Go for it. I figure 55 on up, they don't give a damn about a black man, Shanks. Mm-hmm. They were taught. And if you're 75 or 80, you three generations away yeah. from slavery. I'm yeah. slaves. Yeah. I've got all of these people. Sam, Mr. Jones. Thank you for what you're doing. Two types of people, Mickey and Shank. One, I can't read. The other one, I don't want to read. <laughs> that one that don't want to read happens to be the stupidest one. Mm-hmm. But now, guess what? The day that George Floyd died, everybody had to read because of COVID. They mm-hmm. sat there and watched mm-hmm. how a black man, that, and they've heard this over the years, you know, but they start. They saw from start to finish. Yeah. What people think of us, right? And yeah. how they treat us. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did everything that he was told to do. Yeah. And the black guy died at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the 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 for years and decades, the ongoing um, narrative was, you guys don't follow instructions, and that's why you end up dead. If you would just comply shut up if you would just comply everything will go right and we've seen now in the last few years multiple instances of i'm doing everything you asked me to do and the result is exactly the exactly the same you know let me tell you a crazy one to me this is crazy Derek Chauvin, crazy the craziest one to me man is i'm jogging down the same road i've been jogging down for i don't know 10 years and I look back and there's two trucks with three people white people and a gun sticking out and they're coming for me and all I'm doing is jogging <laughs> could you imagine what was going through that boy's brain yeah he's yeah. turning around and looking and then they're cutting him off yeah then they showed him and the police come there 15 minutes later and they're trying to cover the story. Then the then this cop shows up and says, Man, you do know he's breathing, right? That's hatred, y'all. Yes. How in the world did somebody put this kind of emotion in people's hearts that it's all right to shoot? Chill, knee on the neck, lynch, hang, disrespect, humiliate because of the color of your skin, and, y'all. And, and even beyond it being okay, that they, don't matter. They, they felt authorized in that moment. Like they deputized themselves in that yeah. moment and gave themselves the authority to cut him off and prevent him from doing whatever it is they thought he was doing. You know, Shanks. no different than, you know, neighborhood watch guy. And he, Shanks. Vigilante he, justice. Shanks. Yeah. Shanks, you know what that's called? It's called the Slave Patrol. Yeah, yeah. indeed. It's called Slave Patrol, Shanks. Yeah. Uh, indeed. So, man, you know, 
I just that's, said, that's man, a lynch mob, basically. It's a lynch right? mob. A lynch no, mob. they don't call it lynching. It's called slave patrol. <laughs> that's what it was designed yeah, for, Mickey. Where, where are your papers? Yeah. It was designed yeah, to yeah. capture black folks and harm them if they was any kind of ruckus. And yeah. guess what they're doing now? You know, George Floyd's life, we have made changes. Uh, we need to get that George Floyd Policing Act passed. Because qualified immunity gotta go. Right. Absolutely. It right. gotta go. But before that goes, I thought police officers were supposed to de-escalate instead of escalate. <laughs> we know they want to go home. Hell, yeah. I want to go home. I I want them to go home. But if what's his name Harris? It was Harris in Atlanta that parked that the wind is drive through drunk. Yeah. First of all, you shouldn't be driving a car when you're that damn drunk. Seriously. Second of all, if you have his ID, you have his keys, you have his address, you know his ass is going to be one place in the morning with a headache. Correct. Mm -hmm. What they do in a high-speed chase? They let him go. Get him in the morning. Let him go home. Let him live. Perry had a baby. He had brothers. He had sisters. He had an uncle. He had cousins. He had aunts. They are human. Just because you got a problem don't mean that you should die in the middle of the street like a dog. Yeah. Just because yeah. the horse just because the horse just because the race horse don't race don't mean he's slain a horse. Perry was a good dude, man. He had a good heart and a good soul. He just had a problem. And you know, Shanks, you know, in our race. If you got a problem when we were kids, how did mom and daddy handle it? They whooped that ass. Yeah, they beat it. Try to beat it out of you. Pray it out. You, pray it I'll out of you. you man, or beat it. Or beat it out of you. You could have a hair going out your forehead, Mickey. Oh yeah. boy, we didn't get that. That's a demon hair. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, mental health. Yeah. It's something, y'all. That oh my god, I didn't realize that everybody that I grew up around was crazier than hell, Shanks. It's true. It's true. It's true down the country. Everybody's crazy. True. People ticking and clicking. They're crazy in the city, too. Yep. And you know, uh, so mental health, why not? Rhode Island has a beautiful uh, situation that they've done to their police department. They'll send a guard out with a mental health worker. Right. Because, brother, let me tell you, a lot of times all those people need just somebody to talk to. It's very true. Stephanie Babb's brother in Portland, Oregon, uh, decorated soldier. He was having a mental breakdown. He was in Desert Storm. He called his counselor, and his counselor's talking to him, and they called to have a health check. Called the police to go to the health check. <laughs> he comes to the door one time. Man, I'm talking to my counselor. Just leave me alone, man. You got all these lights going, disturbed. Right. You know, PTS. Right. Come to the thing the second time, man. Please. Just leave me alone, man. You got the whole damn yard full of cars, ride gear, police standing there. He comes to the door the third time. Shank, Mickey, guess what happens? They put they put one right between his eyes and blow uh -huh. the back of his head out right on the front porch. Mm. Because somebody decided that they would be judge, jury, and executioner. Right. And, and that they could get away with it. And a and kill counselor. Okay to do. And it was okay to do. And this is what gets me, uh, Shanks. These folks around here be calling me the niggas and things online. 
They don't think I can read, Shanks. Nikki. <laughs> they don't think I'm six foot three. I used to play football for a living. Six three, about two forty five. Pretty, pretty nice. They don't think I can read. They don't think I can see. I seen one of them at a at a what was it Menards three or four weeks ago. Boy, he talked that douchebag. Why don't you uplift your town instead of putting your town down? It's a damn shame because any place else in the world, y'all, the town would probably have a statue for me already. Because <laughs> I've made some, I've made some tremendous steps. You seen that cute picture in the GQ magazine? We did. That's because <laughs> of advocacy. Yeah. A dude talking that much and trying to express himself to that many people that they said, damn, you need to be in the man of the year edition. Mm. So I'm making a change. Yeah. And these people around here, I got a counselor, one school counselor. She called me. She'll text me online. And she said, Miles, I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, but please don't tell nobody that I text you. Because mm. if I do, I'm probably going to get divorced and I'll get fired. There it goes again. Yeah, silent, silent again. support. So, you know, man, I see this. I see it every day. And so I pull up and I see his buddy in the store. But his buddy would never tell me that he was with him. And I'm sitting out in the parking lot. Mm-mm, didn't know I got that new lag, huh? Here <laughs> they come walking out. I was like, oh, boy, look at here. Uh, Shanks. Mickey, y'all know that when you get when you see something you really want, you get really, really, really excited. Yeah. yeah. I got so excited that I thought Christian Brankley was on the line. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, look at him, look at him, look at him. God knows. I'm telling you, son, I did a backflip, triple somersault. I walk over there, I was like, hey, partner, what's up? What's all that bullshit you be sending me on Instagram? <laughs> what's up with that, man? And he was looking down on the guy. Like, no, 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 no. Don't do that now, partner. And I won't try to be aggressive or anything. But you can say this. You can call me a nigga. Tell me to go to Africa. Call me a coon. And you don't think I'm going to see you. Keep that you energy. Think, you don't think when I see you, I'm not going to ask you what the hell wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Hey, partner. Now, this is what I want to do. I want you to talk that same trash you be talking to me on the phone. And I thought we were friends. I've been doing this dude since he was 18 years old. Wow. 40 years old. Wow. Now, why you say that stuff to me? Because you know, man, I could have cared less about the damn flag. If I knew that this was going to cause this, I would have, I, hell, I, yeah, I, it would have been totally different because my wife grew up here and it hurts, it hurts me that my wife and my mother-in-law uh, Talked that all these people were good-hearted people. These right. people weren't racist, and I told yeah. her, "A white person get mad, you're just a nigger." Yeah. And Joe, tell me this: Why did you talk to me like that? I thought we we're friends, man. Man, you're messing with the heritage. There ain't no damn heritage. Ain't nobody been in no damn confet, no damn civil war, no Confederate <laughs> war, living Gettysburg, man. That's stupid. Up in or South Dakota. Well, how, how, how come when how come when it comes to the Confederacy and that stuff, it's heritage, but then when it comes to slavery, they say we should get over it. Yeah, that, get they, over it. that they didn't have anything to do with what their ancestors did. Sure. How can it be both? <laughs> uh, because who's making the story up? <laughs> right. I looked at my like dog. Why? 
Yeah. And I'm trying, why? Why would you say that to me, man? Your boys, I taught your boys how to play football. You know, you know we've caught, we've hit, why? That's why it's I, a piece of cloth when you complain about it, but it's proud heritage when somebody's I, waving it, right? I know, I know that you got to, I know you're a follower, but damn, man, I thought, man, you were cool. Mm. And he kept standing there with his head down. I was like, no, look me in the eye, man. You man have talked that shit to me on Instagram, Facebook. Look me in the eye when I'm talking to you, boy. Mm. And his buddy said, man, are you crying? <laughs> Joe, are you crying, man? I thought, man, you crying. I was like, now you see how I feel? Now imagine, because what I should do, I should slap the shit out of you, Solomon, <laughs> nigga. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. Shanks, Mickey, this is the bad thing about this whole situation, my brother. If I'd have slapped the shit out of him, I would have been, oh, my God. I told you black people are angry. Yep, aggressive. You would have been and all kinds my of... Whole, yeah. Then my whole movement would have been shot down. Yeah. So once again, once again... Gotta take it. The onus is on you to behave in yep. a certain manner, regardless only, of what you're being... You know what I mean? With, I yeah. With. yeah. We're the only people that have to negotiate our life. Think about this, y'all. A white man, a whole damn town, I've got... Four, five hundred screenshots of people that saying nigger. Niggas should be burned. Monkeys. Or either thumbs up. I got a lot that I can't even go cut the grass because the redneck piece of trash that lives next door will stand on his side of the property line. Dumbass nigger. Dope filler. Snitch. Piece of shit. And I got, and I told the cop police, I'm like, listen, man, let me tell you something. Tell you what, funny story. He parked his vehicle on my property. And I was going to go take my dually and go pull that trash off there. My wife got like, well, you better go tell the police first just in case. I go down to the police station. I go like, hey, man, I'm going to put a fence up and I need this thing off my property line. Well, you have to take a certified letter out. Why in the hell do I pay $80,000 and I got to take a certified letter to tell somebody to get their trash off my property? Because I promise you. If it was the other way around, nobody would even ask me. They'd just pull it. Right. It, it took 32 days, brother. He didn't accept it, so they had to hand deliver it to him. And so he moved his mess. And so he'll stand on his property line. He'll stand on his side. I mean, and just talk mad real shit to me. Mm. And, dog, do you know how hard it is? To take this every day, but you know what, Shanks? I know that there is a better cause because everybody needs to hear a real life story by a real black man that has to go through it. And I mean, I gotta go through this. What if I don't leave my parking lot, Shanks? I'm good. Old dude coming here the other day, and he was talking. I remember I was telling you about the mom and daddy losing their farm ranch. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he says to me, he's like, well, don't be telling nobody. He's like, oh, what the hell am I talking about? You can't talk to nobody in town anyhow. <laughs> Uncle Selwyn, so, and because I, I want to give you a opportunity before we get out of here for you to, you know, 
let folks know how to get in contact with you and our listeners, how to support you. That's one. But two, I guess the ultimate question is because personally, you've endured so much and collectively as a people, we've endured so much and you're fighting and you're advocating. What is justice? What is victory for Uncle Selwyn, you know, Selwyn Jones and his in his mission? What is the ultimate goal? What allows you to rest? For everybody. Instead of saying that Shanks do, that's a pretty cool black guy. What about Shanks just being a pretty good guy? Instead of that pretty little black girl, what about being just a little bit of, just being a pretty girl? Everybody's got to respect each other. Treat people as you want to be treated. And will prejudice ever go away? Racism ever go away? Probably not. But right now, Shanks and Mickey, we just had something happen almost a year ago that stopped the whole world. Everybody's eyes and ears are open to listen to truth and justice and to realize that, hey, just because you're tall, don't mean you got to be racist. Just because you got a big head, don't be mad. Just because you're black, don't discriminate. We have a chance, but it's going to take everybody to come together and just realize that one race, one one group of people aren't the controllers or the boss of everybody else, which they which they think they are, which they say they are, which they have been. But we just got to believe in each other and believe that this thing got to get better. It's got to get better, man. Because, brother, if it don't get better, we can't survive a, a race for shanks. Agree. I don't think anyone can, really. I don't think anyone can. <laughs> All I know is this, Shanks, is we have an opportunity because of my nephew's death to uh to win this battle. And uh all I know of this man is I appreciate people like yourself giving me that opportunity. Anthony, gotta love you, boy. Uh and I tell you the same thing I tell Anthony. If you can ever figure out how we can put someone uh I know my agent gonna hate that in front of a situation so I can express my word uh to for change. I sure appreciate you, my brother, because, uh, yeah, get him. This has been, we, we appreciate I, you, sir. Absolutely. You know, appreciate you. Thanks and so I, we, we applaud on. you even more than appreciating you. We applaud you. Cause it hey, takes man. courage to do what you're doing and you're putting yourself in the line of fire. And, um, man, you know, you know what, you know what, Shanks, this is the bad problem. And this going to make you sad, buddy. You know, normally how this happens, that black guy dies at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, this black guy dies at the end of the movie. And uh, like you said before, am I afraid? I'm not, Shanks and Mickey, because I know that if <laughs> something happens to me, my heart is pure. My heart is doing this because of the love of my nephew, the love of being black, and the love of being a man that 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 deserves more respect than what we've given. Mm -hmm. We could cry every damn day, Shanks. Mickey, we could cry every day. 
by how things have happened to us. But guess what, man? I ain't crying. I'm just moving ahead, man. I'm trying yeah. to do the best I can do. And I thank y'all. And send me a recording. God bless you, kid, because y'all are absolutely, absolutely. wonderful. <laughs> Uncle Selwyn, tell folks, because uh, we have we have listeners who will not flood your um, Facebook and emails with the garbage that you've been in. And hopefully we can um, show some balance and support for what you're doing. So let folks know how to get up in touch with you. Justice for George, number four. Uh, 846 at gmail.com Selwyn Jones on Facebook uh, Justice for George on Instagram I'm sort of kind of everywhere and when this COVID <laughs> gets up man guess what I'm riding high <laughs> I, know, I know you're uh, ready I know you're I'm ready, ready man I'm ready I'm going down to I'm going down to Arkansas, buddy. I'm getting the uh, Harriet Tubman Award, my friend. Beautiful. Wow, listen to you. you know, Beautiful. So, you Congratulations. Know, uh, hey, man. That I don't think all any of this means is because of my love for being a human being and for being black and just loving myself. You know, winners don't quit. Critters don't win. And kids, y'all are winners. Thank you, sir. God bless you. We appreciate you. Appreciate you, Uncle Selwyn. And thank you for the uh, Christy Brinkley reference. It was the um, first and probably only one that will be on the guest. Better crazy man. I don't think it's Janet Jackson or J Lo, but you know, I had to keep the Ebony flow right. Like. Oh man, it's beautiful, beautiful. We love it. We love it. Hey, we love it. We love it. Brother. It was yes, an sir. honor. Thank you so much. Hey, it's my I, my pleasure. Thank you, kids. I'm out. <laughs> Take care. That was awesome. Don't we can't just edit. That was awesome. You want to have a little wrap-up coming, Oh, no, we, we we probably end up wrapping up in the next episode. <laughs> but, um, nope, thank you and all our listeners, man. Thanks for, for hanging out with us. We didn't talk any music, uh, but obviously this was uh, important. And, um, man, awesome, awesome conversation. And um, thanks again to uh, Uncle Selwyn, Mr. Selwyn Jones, for uh, lending his time and his words and he has plenty of them which is awesome and makes our jobs easier so uh, this is David Trom Dick Shanks and I'm Mickey S if you want to hear some music type in Big Floyd or George Floyd and the screwed up click on YouTube and you can hear a little bit of George Floyd's forays into hip hop that's a fact we play a snippet <laughs> copyright but we can't <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, signing off, man. This was a guest in the house podcast. Signing off. See you next time. One love. The life I lead, every breath of air that I breathe. Give me liberty or give me death. 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 Just the life I lead. <laughs>